27, verse 10. And reading from the King James Version, it says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people. We ask you, Lord God, to illuminate through me, download through me your message to your people along the topic of God's daughters. We ask you, Lord God, that it will go forth unhindered, unchecked, and fall on good ground and bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. God's daughters. So if we're looking at our topic here, God's daughters, and we take a look at the intro. If you look at the life of Regina Louise, she's just one example of a young woman that was failed by both her biological parents and the foster care system or the child welfare system. There are children all over the world that are being failed by their natural parents as well as the child welfare system. It's one thing to be failed by the people that gave birth to you and, and then have a system of government that's supposed to be set up to step in to bless you, protect you, and help you in these circumstances, turn around and do worse than what your parents did. There's no greater relationship that anybody, no matter how long we live, there's no greater relationship that we'll ever have than that with our parents. Natural relationship, that is. Earthly relationship with our parents. That parent-child relationship. And ultimately, child-parent relationship is very important. Praise the Lord. So there's no greater relationship than the relationship between a parent and a child. That relationship, especially in its early stages when a child is young, will shape the course of their very life. So what am I saying to you here? Regina Louise was one example of someone that was abandoned, abused, rejected, and neglected by the very people that she should have been embraced by. Our topic is God's daughters. The first point that God wants us to understand is God is always present in your life. Even when mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, the system of government have failed you, God is always present in your life. That lets us know that he's not stepping out because your parents stepped out or because a system of government or those who were put in leadership over your life have failed you. God is always present. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. on air. Just click on air. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. 
reading from the NIV. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. It says he will never leave you nor forsake you. So as our example goes, in the life of Regina Louise, her parents left her and and forsook her. The system left her. The system failed her. But as the scripture says, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. So I remember as an example, when my parents divorced, my parents were divorced uh, when I was very young. But before their divorce, there was a huge separation. It was a huge fight, and it was a big separation. And so my mom took us uh, with her, and then my father went to went back to live with my um, grandparents. And I remember we had to go to a brand new school, and my older sister Regina was maybe in fifth grade, I think it was. No, she was she had to be in third grade, third grade, and I was in first grade. I was in first grade, very first time in big school. I was in first grade. We were in a brand new neighborhood, brand new community. And we lived a good 20-minute walk away from home, away from school. I remember this first day of school, my sister said, wait for me at the front. You get out of class before me, go up to the front of the school and wait for me. And I'll I'll be up there. (laughs) How do you know a third grader is not going to do what they say? So I walked to the front. She had to be in fourth grade because she's like three years older than me. So that's fourth grade, right? <laughs> so I go up to the front. And I was a very skinny little kid. I was very, very shy when I was a child. My personality has changed because of life. Trust me. But I was a very skinny little timid little kid. And I walk up to the front. My first day of school, all these kids. And I'm waiting. I look. My sister's name is Regina, too, by the way. No Regina. Regina's nowhere to be found. Now, I was a very smart kid. That's the blessed part. I was a very smart kid, so I had a good memory. (laughs) Thank God for grace. I look around. Regina's nowhere to be found. All these kids standing around. So I go, my little mind told me, well, just wait a little bit. You know, maybe she's late. Waited a little bit. Regina's nowhere to be found. (laughs) And so at the time, I didn't know. Go inside, call, make a phone call, call your parent, parent come pick you up. I didn't know to do that at that time. You know, a small child, five, six years old. So I sat around, I waited, all the kids left. Finally, it occurred to me, uh, Frida, you need to walk home. It's as though somebody walked up to me and said, Frida, you need to walk home now, it's time to go home now. Your sister's not coming. So I started walking. And there are no kids on the street, because everybody's gone. And I'm walking by myself, and it's only the grace of God that's leading me in the direction that I should go because I have no idea naturally. So I'm walking. I start walking, and the next thing I know about the equivalent to where the speaker is at, no, maybe to where the table is at, there's this tall, skinny guy strung out on crack cocaine. And he's walking towards me. And I'm passing an abandoned church. I'm six years old. 
I'm passing an abandoned church. Now my sister has left me. Catch that. My mom is not there. She's at home. She don't know what's going on. My father is at my grandparents' house. He has no idea what's going on. It's just me and the Lord walking. Catch that. And so a voice told me, a audible voice said, run. It didn't say, run this way, run that way, run backwards, run forward. It just said, run. I heard the voice say, run, and then I heard it again immediately run took off running the moment I took off running is when he tried to grab me at that point so what am I saying to you although my sister was not there God was there and that's the message that God wants us to understand because many times even if you were not put up for adoption abandoned thrown into a foster care system but some of us have had Parents that have, fathers that have died. So they have left our life for one reason or another. But just like what God did on that day, when my physical sister wasn't there, when my parents were not around, physically around me, God was there. And that's the message that God wants us to understand. Even in scripture, he says he will never leave you nor forsake you. God is your protector. He's your defender. He's your guide and he is your comfort. That means even when you're in situations where you're afraid, you know, a lot of times when you get in situations, what's the first thing you do? Even as an adult, you call a parent. Hey mom, hey dad, such and such is going. I know sometimes when my husband and I, we play a lot of jokes on each other at home. And things like that. And so one day, you know, he has this habit. And I'm not telling on Pastor Derek. Yeah, I'm telling on him. <laughs> he has this habit of not making up the bed when he gets out. He just does not understand. He's a typical man. He didn't understand that he has to make up the bed. So he just never makes up the bed. So I call my mom one day and I'm like, Mom, I'm telling on him. I expect my mom to take my side. She takes his side. So I'm telling on him. But that's what we do. Even if it's in something fun. Or even in something serious. If something serious happens in your life, even as an adult, what's the first thing you do? You call a parent. You call a mom or a dad and you talk to them about whatever it is. Why? Because they can give you advice. Or even if they can't even give you advice, just somebody that you know that's in your corner. Title of the message is God's daughter. But see, sometimes we forget that when we get in little jams, that we can go to God with it. Because, see, we think we can only go to God with the big stuff. Like, oh, I stubbed my toe, I need healing. Oh, I need finances, I'm getting ready to buy some new property. Oh, I'm just trying to make a decision on whether I move to California or New York. I got this job up. We think we only go to God on those issues. We forget about the every single day mundane situations that take place that we can go to God to. So our second point is God accepts you. God accepts you. See, man will reject you, but God 
accepts you. You have to remember that God created us. So he not only knew the good, the bad, and the ugly that would take place in our life, but he accepted us in spite of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, sometimes people will only accept you when you do what they want you to do. But you do things their way, then they're with you. You ever see a group of friends, like three or four friends? I remember in high school, I used to see it all the time. In high school, I kept one friend with me at all times, one friend. I never liked the little clique and groups and things like, I never liked the little cliques. And sometimes I was even, a couple of times I was even invited to be a part of a little clique. I didn't like that. I didn't like the little cliques. Because I knew a secret very early. Those same people will turn on you. So I used to watch it all the time. You get a clique of girls, four or five girls together. Next thing you know, two of them start fighting. Everybody turns on one. Now, y'all are all friends five minutes ago. Why not be the peacemaker and try to show both of them where they're wrong? Why are you turning on one? That was your best buddy. I used to see stuff like that all the time. That's never stopped. Even as adults, even in the adult world today, you have people that turn on other people because of something petty that happened between two people that's not even involved. Happens every single day. But guess what? God accepts you. See, God does not make his opinion about you based on what somebody else thinks about you. Can you imagine where you would be if God judged you based on what they said about you? Pastor Derek, if God judged you based on what people said about you, if God judged me based on what people said about me. Let me correct that. If God judged me based on what some so-called experts said about me, God accepts you. Look over at Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. It says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. In other words, this scripture lets us know without a doubt, Christ accepted you. So many people get depressed, have anxiety, and they take themselves through all kinds of changes trying to be accepted by people. The word accepted is a verb. It means to receive something offered willingly, accept a gift, to be able or designed to take or hold something, to give admittance or approval to accept something. For example, a person was accepted into a group, a club, a church. A person was an application was accepted. Now, rejected. What does the word rejected mean? Rejected means dismissed. To reject is to dismiss as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. 
It's to refuse to agree to. It's to fail to show due affection or concern for someone. So in other words, Regina Louise was rejected by her parents. They refused to show her the love and affection that she was due. So many people are rejected by people year after year. There are people that are on the verge of suicide because they have been rejected. There are people that have given up on their life because they were rejected. Let's look at, and I'm only going to list 10 people that were rejected, famous people, that after they were rejected, they turned around and became famous. Walt Disney. Did you know Walt Disney was fired from Kansas City Star in 1919? Because his editor said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Somebody say amen always. Walt Disney. J.K. Rowling got fired when working at the London office of Amnesty International because she would write stories on her work computer all day long. Look at God. Michael Bloomberg, anybody heard that name before? He was let go, he got fired when he was working as a partner at uh, Salomon Brothers, Salomon Brothers, Solomon Brothers, is, which is an investment bank. Michael Bloomberg got fired. <laughs> Specifically, it was after the company was bought out by the company that eventually became Citigroup in 1998. His severance check, catch this, his severance check is what he used to jumpstart his career, his career, which has now led him to become the 18th richest person in the world. Sometimes that pink slip is a blessing. Anna Wintour, while a junior fashion editor at Harper's Bazaar, did lots of shoots. But apparently Tony Mazella thought they were too edgy, and she got fired after nine months. <laughs> after which she became fashion editor at Viva. Now look at how God is moving. Madonna, did y'all know Madonna dropped out of college? She moved to New York. She took a job at Dunkin' Donuts. How about that? You drive up to Dunkin' Donuts and you see Madonna. She took a job at Dunkin' Donuts. Watch what happened. But she didn't make it one day. Got fired. Then she sold millions of albums. Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was an evening news reporter who got fired because she couldn't separate her emotions from her stories. She was eventually um, fired from the producer of Baltimore's WJZ-TV, and we know what happened with Oprah. She's a billionaire today. Carrie Washington. Anybody watch Scandal? Heard a scandal? 
Before she went on scandal, she did two pilots, not one, two, and got fired from both. <laughs> Albert Einstein, he couldn't talk until he was four, and he couldn't read until he was seven. You all know what happened next. He developed the theory of relativity. Abraham Lincoln, this is number nine. Watch what happens when we get to 10. Number nine, Abraham Lincoln. When, when Lincoln was young and entered the war, he entered as a captain, but came back as much lower, as a much lower private. <laughs> he went in as captain and got demoted to private. Later on, he tried to start up a ton of businesses. They all failed. Then he became president after he lost several elections for public office. So he ran for public office multiple times and lost, but became president of the United States. Number 10 is your name. Say your name. Say your own name. What's your story? Don't give up. In fact, now is the time not to give up. It's the time to press forward. When you are rejected, that is the exact time to move forward. Can you imagine what would happen? What would have happened if Einstein Oprah, or Kerry Washington, even Abraham Lincoln, had committed suicide when they were rejected. What's your story? Divorce, loss of job, parents abandon you, people reject you, the church doesn't want you, this church doesn't want you, that church doesn't want you, this person doesn't want you. This job doesn't want you. What's your story? See, failure is temporary. And let me give you something that's very, very liberating. It's not always your fault. Rejection is temporary. And let me help liberate you and set you free. See, rejection is not always your fault. God chose you. God accepts you. And God will never leave you. He's always present in your life. Our third and final point is that God chose you first. That means before he did anything else, he chose you. He had you on his mind. See, this is to help liberate people that have been caught up in the circumstances in life. And don't get me wrong, you are supposed to be accepted by your parents. You're supposed to be accepted and protected by the governmental system. That's their job. Regina Louise was supposed to be accepted by her parents. So naturally, she had a reason to be upset. Naturally, if your parents or your loved ones and friends are rejecting you and mistreating you, you have a reason to be upset. Don't get me wrong. I take nothing from that. You have a natural reason to be upset. But you can't let it stop you. You can't let your life in there. 
Because your life and your purpose for living, is this is something that you need to really get and take with you for the rest of your life. Remember this next statement I'm about to say, for the rest of your life. It's going to be tough, but you got to hit it and you got to get in your spirit. Here it is. Your life was not created for the people that are in your life. That sounds strange. Let me say it again. Your life was not created for the people that was in your life. In other words, if those people in your life walked out, you still have a life, a purpose, a destiny, and a reason to live. Your life can't be about the people that are in your life because people change. It doesn't even have to be you. Let's assume you are totally 100% right, and nobody is all the time, but just for the sake of argument, let's assume you are 100% right 100% of the time. Do you know there's still people that's going to walk out your life? People still are going to reject you. They're still going to look in your face and talk about you behind your back. No matter what you do, you could be 100% right 100% of the time, and they still will talk bad about you. They will find something to say. So your life cannot, and it is not, based on those that are around you. Well, then what is it based on, Pastor Frieda? I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> is based on the one who created you and gave you life because there is a predestined plan that God has for your life and if you allowed yourself to waver on the plan of God based on what people say you'll be running around and spinning in circles because one minute they with you and the next minute, they're not. They're like that little high school group, that little high school clique. Everything is fine when you sing in the way I want you to sing. You sing the right key. Okay, free to sing the right key today. We with her today. Tomorrow, let her throat hurt. Let her be off key tomorrow. I'm going someplace. I'm going to the church down the street. Oh, they back on television now? Okay, great. Let them come on at a time that I don't like. Oh, that's my bedtime. I'm not going. No, I'm going down somewhere else. What outfit I like? Oh, she felt like wearing a dress today. She usually got on jeans. What's she doing with a dress on? I ain't coming back till she put some jeans on. People are people. And you got to release yourself from people as difficult as it might be. And naturally, it is difficult. It is very difficult. Because these are the people that should nurture you. Hallelujah. I shouldn't have been walking home by myself that day. My mom told my sister to walk her younger sister home from school. I shouldn't have been left alone, but I was. And see, that's where people's minds get caught. They're stuck on, well, why is this happening to me? 
What did I do to deserve it? I came out early and I stood there and I waited like I was told to, but my sister didn't show up. Regina Louise says, well, you know, well, why my mom and my dad abandoning me? And then I don't even have a relationship with my only um, living sibling that I know about. I didn't do nothing. And one part of the story, she said, I can be good. I can be good. Well, why they send her to 30 different psychiatric facilities, group homes and foster homes before she get to 18? And then she gets put out when somebody tries to attack her. She gets put out when kids are beating on her. Not the kids get put out. She gets put out. See, some people have been in experiences they didn't deserve to be in. And so sometimes we forget that God is with us in the midst of it. That we can go to him. We may not be able to call a parent. We may not be able to call a friend. We may not be able to call a spouse or a church member or whomever, but we can call on God because he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah. It says God chose you first. Turn over in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and we're going through 3 through 6, verses 3 through 6. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him, he chose us in him, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Let's say it again. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves now, that, that, that's a preach all by itself. That's a whole message by itself. It says that he chose us. It says he predestined us. So God chose you first. See, if you look over at the life of Joseph, you remember the story in the Bible about the life of Joseph, Joseph and his brothers? When I say that a lot of people remember Joseph had dreams, and his brothers sold him in slavery. What some people forget is that his brothers hated him before they sold him in slavery. They hated him before the dreams. They hated him because of how their father felt about him based on how their father felt about his mother. Because they had separate mothers. They had the same father, but they had separate mothers. So that is why they hated him. Joseph. Now, when the dreams came, they hated him even the more. They already hated him, though. See, some of you are waiting to do things that God called you to do because you're like, well, 
How are people going to feel about me? Beloved, they already hate you. So get over it. Get it out your mind. They already hate you. They hate you for stuff that's not even your fault. You don't have nothing to do with. Joseph had nothing to do with who gave birth to him. He woke up one morning and realized he was here. None of us have anything to do with who gave birth to us. God chose that. It was chosen for us. And guess what? Joseph had nothing to do with the gift that God had placed on his life. None of us have anything to do with the gift that God places on our life. <laughs> it's what he predestined for us. We couldn't make God give us something if we wanted to. No more than our enemies could keep God from giving us something if he wanted to. It just doesn't work that way. God has a sovereign choice. So Joseph was rejected by his brothers, but chosen by God. Let's look in Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 through 11. How am I doing? I'm doing pretty good on time. Okay. Genesis 37, verses 5 through 11. I'm reading from NIV. Most times I come before you to be NIV. Very seldomly will I do King James Version unless it's specific for a reason. Okay, Joseph had a dream. The Lord gave Joseph a dream. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. They already hated him. But now Joseph got a dream and a vision from God, and God is speaking to him about what he predestined him to do. Oh, now we really hate him. So when you see people rising against you, don't think they just all of a sudden start disliking you. They hated you from the beginning. They hated you from the front door when you first walked in. I remember a church that um, Pastor Derek and I were in, and <laughs> an area of ministry opened up. And if you know anything about me, you know anything about my ministry, prayer, healing, and the prophetic um, are just part of our ministry. It's just always been. Always, 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 always been. Since far back I can remember. <laughs> and so this area opened up at the church that we were at at the time. From the day that I met this lady, literally, from the day that I stood in front of her and she stood in front of me, her words were like, Frida? You know you called to preach, right? I said, of course I do. I've been preaching for years. Are you going to try to join the ministerial alliance? Looks like somebody threatened you. Are you worried if I try to join the ministerial alliance? Try to join the ministerial alliance. I'm already licensed on the day. What would I need to join your ministerial alliance for? And it was havoc ever since. First day I met her. See, there are people that will hate you <laughs> from the front door out of jealousy. Then, when we start talking about amen always, that's when all the drama started. When we start talking about amen always, when the prophetic start flowing and start, God start giving me a message for the bishop and the bishop received it and it was accurate, that's when the problems start. <laughs> 
Some of you are waiting. I don't know if I should do that because how people going to feel about it? Beloved, they already hate you. Newsflash. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. When Joseph began to tell his brothers who already hated him, they already were jealous of him. What the Lord was showing him, that's when the trouble came. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. And he goes on to explain the dream. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upward, upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? These brothers were older than him. You intend to reign over us? You intend to rule us? You think you're better than us? You think you're somebody? Are you going to try to join the ministerial alliance? I've been here longer than you. You just got into this. What do you mean you have a prayer and healing prophetic ministry? What do you mean you already licensed and ordained? Did you give a four-page prophecy to the bishop that he received it and it was accurate? Did you see certain, such and such happen? I didn't even know that happened. Beloved, how would you know? You'd have to have a connection with the Father. Then he had another dream. This is verse 9. And he told it to his brother. See, Joseph wasn't going to stop telling them <laughs> what God was showing them because they didn't like it. Some of y'all missed that. Joseph never stopped telling them what God showed him just because they didn't like it. You think those brothers kept it quiet that they didn't like him? They were running their mouths. They were running Joseph's name left and right. People are not going to be quiet about the fact that they don't like you. Who she thinks she is? Who she thinks she is? What she got a school of the prophets class for? And she going to ask the bishop, and the bishop told us that we need to go along with it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And they open in the church? They on television and radio? No. No. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. <laughs> Verse 10, when he told his father as well as his brothers. His father rebuked him. Check this now. His father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So see, sometimes when the Lord is telling you to do something, when the Lord is revealing things to you, 
the people in your life will either be jealous of you or rebuke you for it. They rebuke you for it. But what ended up happening in the end? <laughs> and you know the story of Joseph's life. After he was rejected by his brothers, beaten by his brothers, sold into slavery, thrown into Potiphar's house, Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife lied on him. He's falsely accused. He's thrown into jail. Then he interpreted the dream of the cup bearer, the cup, the cup bearer um, and the baker. And then they totally forget about him. They get out. They free. They forget about him. And then all of a sudden, what? Potiphar had a dream. Then they remember, oh, that, 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 that boy over there that your wife lied on. That one. He can tell you what I mean. Then he ends up second in command. And what does his father and his brothers do? They come and bow down. See, if you stop because of rejection, you'll never get to the place that God is showing you. You have to remember you're God's daughter. You're God's daughter, and he's with you. You may be walking along the street by an abandoned building, and there's danger walking before you. But he's still with you. He'll cause you to escape. You may be rejected by your brothers and sisters, whether they're natural or spiritual brothers and sisters, but God is still with you. You may be lied on while you're trying to do what is right. When Joseph refused to sin with Potiphar's wife, she lied on him. She lied. He was doing the right thing. He could have allowed the bitterness of rejection, the fact that he was sold into slavery at the hands of his brother, he could have allowed that to cause him to sin, but he chose to do what is right. And see, that is the thing. When you are being rejected, it's hard to choose to do what is right because your natural inclination is I've got to get back at the people that hurt me some kind of way. Don't they know I don't belong in this position? I didn't do nothing to get here. Understand clearly, Regina Louise didn't do anything wrong. Joseph didn't do anything wrong. And many of you out there didn't do anything wrong. You were rejected by the people that should have embraced you, but you're God's daughter. Hallelujah. And you need to understand you're not alone. See, loneliness is one of the biggest tricks that the enemy will use to grasp the mind of his, the people of God and try to make you go into depression and suicide and also alcohol and drugs promiscuity because you just need something that's what the enemy tricks people into that I just need to feel something I need to numb the pain but you can't do that you can't do that you are not alone when people walk out God is still present in your life and you got to remember that he chose you before creation. He predestined you 
And he's always there with you. He's always been there with you. He's always been there. And sometimes you've forgotten that God is there. You've forgotten that he's always been there. And guess what? He'll always will be there. There's nothing that you can do to stop God from loving you. God is not like man. Remember I said how people walk out based on situations and circumstances. I've had pastors, leaders, walk past me like they don't see me. Oh, there go Frida. There's Frida. You just walked past me two weeks ago and said hello. You couldn't walk past my seat two weeks ago without stopping. Hey, Sister Frida, how you doing? God bless you. Oh, anyways, I want to talk to you about that dream you had. Time Susie Q say something, you can't speak when you walk by. God is still present. God is not like man. He's not walking out because your best good buddy don't walk down. Hallelujah. He's not like man. He's not turning his back. And guess what? He hasn't given up on his predestined plan for your life. Because others rejected you. Do you know even as an adult in our adult world, not children, not just children, in our adult world today, there are people that won't accept you because somebody else didn't accept you. As adults. And will know that the other people are dead wrong. I don't like her, you don't like her. Don't go help that church. Don't go help that lady. Don't give her a job. She quit my job. I gave her a job, and I was hard on her, but she quit. We skipped the part about you were hard on them for no reason. Okay. She quit. She left us. Hallelujah. So, my sisters, I want you to understand. He loves you. He's never left you. He never will. There's nothing anybody could say to him about you to make him turn his back on you. There's nothing that anybody could say or do, and there's nothing you could say or do to make him turn his back on you. That's just how God is. God doesn't play the radio, as we say. He doesn't play the same games that other people play. He's not like man. He's not going to sit here and turn his back because others have done that. That's not the God that we serve. So what I want you to do is just close your eyes and just think about your story. I say, God, for every area where I have been rejected, every place where I have been rejected, God, I give it to you. Every situation where I have been rejected, I give it to you. Whether it's been a termination of a job, whether it's been a work situation, whether it's been a relationship, 